Can we take this song together? All the glory must be to the Lord, to the Lord, for He is worthy of our praise. No man on earth should give glories to himself. All the glory must be to the Lord. And so, Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all adoration. We thank you because you are the one at work in us. Both to will and to do of your own good plan. We thank you for the abundance of grace. We thank you for the gifts of righteousness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We say, be thy exalted in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, we ask that you teach us by yourself tonight in the name of Jesus. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Um, tonight, in the next few minutes, we want to study one of the teachings of the Lord Jesus. But before we look at the teachings of the Lord Jesus, it is important that we understand the life of the Lord Jesus as a person. Now, many times believers want to be like the Lord Jesus. I mean, the ultimate goal of every believer is to be like the Lord Jesus. But we can't be like the Lord Jesus if we do not study the life of the Lord Jesus. I think it was in my study time, sometimes earlier this week, that I found out that the Lord Jesus led a very spectacular life. He made a lot of spectacular sacrifices that many people would not be willing to make today. And one of such sacrifices was that despite the fact that he was the son of God, despite the fact that he was the son of God, God spent 30 years preparing him for a three and a half year ministry. I mean, of the three, of the 33 and a half years of the life of the Lord Jesus, 30 years of it were spent in preparation. 30 years, <laughs> 30 years, that is 365 days times 30, that is 24 hours times 365 days times 30. That's a lot of patience if you ask me, a lot of patience for a powerful being. And there are many people that have not even attained, you know, that are like Christ today, so to say, but cannot have that patience for two years. Two years, it already feels like God has left them behind. Two years. Because of the experience, Jesus lead, led a, a perfectly normal life, perfectly normal. No manifestation, no special power. I was going to now. He saw people falling sick while growing up. He saw people dying unnecessarily while growing up. He saw life for what it was for 30 years. 
he was patient. And after the 30 year ministry, he decided to fulfill all righteousness. He went to be baptized. And after the Holy Spirit came upon him, now look at this. After the Holy Spirit came upon the Lord Jesus, he became powerful. The next thing he did was no manifestation. The next thing he did was that he went to the wilderness. I, I want you to gain something from this pattern. Now, the Holy Spirit went into the wilderness, spent 40 days in the wilderness, spending time with God. So despite the fact that he is the son of God, he was creating a pattern for you and I to follow. Despite the fact that he is the son of God, he left God in heaven to come to heart. I will together now. And God was still with him all along. He still spent, took aside 40 days to fast, day and night, with God. Spending time with God. To spend two hours with God for some people is difficult. To spend two hours in the morning is difficult. This was like 40 days at a stretch. And after that 40 days, it was not about the fasting. It was the time with God that mattered. And after fasting, from there, praise the Lord. After fasting, after you know, after being tempted and all of that, then he left the place. And then the next thing he did, according to the Gospel of Saint Matthew, was I went about looking for people that aligned with his vision. So he didn't go about manifesting first. He went about looking for people that aligned with the vision. So the pattern the Lord Jesus was creating for us was this. I want you to note it first. For every believer, especially for ministers, the first thing that comes first is your relationship with God. The first thing. Get the relationship with It is from a relationship with God that the message that he wants you to teach, the message he wants you to be a carrier of will come. There are many people today that they do not know exactly what God wants to do with their lives. And you must understand this, that every child of God is the carrier of, your, of a message. Your life is designed to be an expression of a message that God intends. I was going to now, your life is an expression God has in mind. Your entire life as it is. So many people, and it is in the place of spending time with God that, your, that you get this message and your life begins to express it. So Jesus spent time with God. He, his life, you know, he, he got the expression. I mean, he got the message. Then so first foremost, the relationship with God. Secondly, the message. So after getting the message, he didn't go about preaching the message. Next. No, he went about looking for the people that, that can accompany him in spreading the message. Next thing. I'm talking for Matthew chapter 4. I mean, Matthew chapter 4 and 5. 3, 4 and 5. He went about looking for the people that fit in. And as he was looking for the people that fit in, then he now went next, looking for the people to preach the message to. Did you see, did you see the pattern? The relationship with God, the message, then people. 
Then after the people, I mean, after ministering to a few people, multitudes began to follow him. Listen to him. Listen to me. Multitudes did not follow him because of the message. Multitudes followed him because of the manifestation. Now, the manifestation was not because of the message. Pay attention. The manifestation was because of who sent him. I want to get it now. So you become relevant in life as a result of the relationship you have with God. Not as a result of what you are doing. Your relevance has nothing to do with what you are doing. I'm being honest with you. Your relevance has everything to do with who sent you. So you can be doing something extremely wonderful, but if you sense yourself, you may not be relevant. And if it is God that sent you, ordinary sweeping can make you become a person of great relevance in life. There are things we must understand. The multitudes began to follow him. The multitudes began to follow him because of the signs that were following him. I will together now. And so when the multitudes began to follow him, then the next thing he set up was the platform. Then he set up the platform. He went on the top of the mountain to speak to the multitudes. So it means that in the arrangement of things, the platform comes last. And there are many men today, sincere believers, sincere ministers, they, for them, they are busy creating the platform. The first thing they are looking for, ordinary small gifts. You can sing small. The first thing you are the platform to showcase the, the voice you have. Calm down. That's not the order of things. Small revelation in the world. The next thing is that you are looking for a platform. No, this was a, this was the this was a message. This this perception as I was studying changed even my own approach to ministry and life generally. There is a pattern. First, relationship with God. Second, I will together the message. Third, the people. Both the ones that we accompany you in the journey and the ones that you have been sent to. So it is as they are ministering to the people that you have been sent to that you will find the people that have been accompanied, that can accompany you in your journey. I will together. Then next, the platform. And so after the Lord Jesus got the platform to teach, and we have come to look at one of such teachings tonight in the next few minutes. We have come to look at one of such teachings tonight in the next few minutes. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, from verse 14. Matthew, the gospel according to Saint Matthew, chapter 6, from verse, um, okay, let's start from verse 20. Matthew chapter 6, from verse 20, it says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Just want to study this scripture. It says, Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. 21. It says, For where your is, there will your heart be also. 
where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Our emphasis is on verse 22 and 23. It says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. And it says, but if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. And now it says, if therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? Now let's start from verse 20. Jesus said, lay up for yourself trails in heaven. Now, many times we interpret scripture with culture. Many times. You know, I was listening to Pastor Kingsley today, and he was the one that said, you know, many times, many times when we look at the scripture, we interpret it with culture rather than interpret it with scripture. Praise the Lord. Now, when Jesus said, lay up for yourself trials in heaven, is he saying open up a bank account in heaven? Is that what he's saying? Because that is exactly how we read the scripture every time. And this scripture has been misunderstood. So thinking that Jesus was saying that we should lay up everything that we have and give them up for the sake of Christ so that we can gain it in heaven. That's not what he was saying. Though, you should do this. In fact, let me be frank with you. Whatever it is that you have given for the sake of our Lord Jesus, you are entitled to the hundredfold return. Time will not permit us to look at this. Mark chapter 10 and verse 29. Time will not permit us to look at it. Whatever it is that you have given, Jesus said, Whosoever giveth for my sake, brothers, sisters, possessions for my sake and for the kingdom's sake he says they shall receive in this life a hundredfold and even the life to come so what i'm telling you this that whatever it is that you give up for god you can claim the hundredfold return on it so i tell believers that when you are giving something for the kingdom of god Claim the hundredfold return on it. Jesus said, now in this life and in the life to come. He told you exactly what you are going to get in the life to come. Perhaps you should look at it. Mark chapter 10. So that we turn this scripture about heavenly trials. The gospel according to St. Mark chapter 10. Verse 29, it says, Jesus answered and said, Truly I say to you, there is no man. Listen to this, brethren. Jesus said, there is no man, okay, that has left house. He left, he gave up house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands. He says, for my sake and the gospels. He says, but he shall receive and hundred times now in this time. Jesus didn't say he will receive an hundred times in heaven. He says he will receive an hundred times now in this life. So don't postpone the reward on the things that you give up for the gospel to heaven. You will be shocked. It's not waiting. The reward for what you give up for the kingdom of God is not waiting for you in heaven. 
I'm being frank with you. There is, a, there is a kind of reward for things that are waiting in heaven. I get it. But the reward that is meant to be waiting in heaven is different. He said, verse 29, He shall receive an hundred times now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands, but with persecutions. And he now says, and in the world to come, eternal life. In the world to come, a place in heaven. Are we together now? So get it right. When you give for the kingdom's sake, you have the right to claim the hundredfold return. See, see, you must understand. There is a reason Jesus said with persecution. I am digressing, but manage, please. There is a reason he said with persecution. Jesus is saying, the hundredfold return is waiting for you now in this life, but the devil is ready to not make you receive it. So there is an hundred, I'm being honest with you, there is an hundredfold, learn now, there is an hundredfold return on everything you have given up for the gospel's sake, and you can claim it tonight. If I do that now, say in the name of Jesus, I receive the hundredfold return on all I have given for the gospels and Jesus' sake. Can you take a minute to pray that prayer? Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sorry for cutting short. There's no much time. Let's move fast. Now, this is what I'm saying. So Jesus made it clear. The reward for the things, for the possessions, the families that you give up on heart for the gospel's sake is on heart. Now in this time. So when he was saying, lay up your treasures in heaven, are we together now? He was not saying, give up the things you have now so that they can be in heaven. No. He made a very crucial statement in that scripture. Let's go back. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20. Lay up for yourself chairs on head. Sorry, lay not up chairs on head where rust and moth does corrupt, where thieves, where thieves break through. But lay up for yourself chairs in heaven. Lay up for yourself chairs in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. It now says, For where your treasure is, your heart be also. Look at this. The reason he's saying lay your treasures in heaven is that where your treasures is, your heart will be also. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Sorry about that glitch. Now Jesus was saying, where your heart is, your, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Now what this means is that pay attention to the, kings of the, to the things of the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, take your attention. You will find as you continue to read the scripture that I was talking about not 
paying too much attention to the riches of the world. Not focusing too much on the riches of the world. Pay attention to the things that have eternal value. Praise the Lord. Do not let yourself be so blinded by money. Do not let yourself be so blinded by selfish ambition. Do not let yourself be so blinded by circumstances that you lose sight of things that have eternal value. I will together now. So the trials he was talking about are the works that the Father has committed into your hands. So he says, pay attention to these works because that is what we have reward in heaven. I want to get it now. Remember, the Bible said at some point that everybody, they are, our works will pass through the test of fire. That is to tell you that there is a record for what you do in the kingdom. It is different for what you give up. You agree with me that what you do is different from what you give up. I want to get it now. Praise the Lord. Lay up not for yourself treasures in them. So focus not on the things of the heart. Focus not on the things that do not have eternal value. I was listening to some sort of student, I think, two days ago, and I was telling that one of the problems that people have, believers now have, is that we have not learned to focus on the things that matters. Sincerely speaking, 90% of the time, our attention, our energy, our resources is on things that have no relevance to our destinies. As beautiful as they are, sincerely speaking. i give you an example. Just imagine a young lady, okay, that left the location that God has placed, left the wrong location, I mean, left the uh, particular location because things were not moving, and then moved to another city. And on getting to that other city, the young lady met another brother there, and then they began to, you know, they began to date, so to say. And then as they began to date, maybe she began to fall in love. And she began to plan marriage with that person. I, I would together now. And then all of a sudden, the relationship crashed. And for the next two years, she's not seen the outbreak from that relationship. Sincerely speaking, and if you look at things from that, from that angle, it does not matter. That relationship didn't matter. Because she was in the wrong place. Many times, the, the things that we cause to happen, the effects that happens to us, the many things, they just don't matter. They have no eternal relevance. Now, Jesus is saying, take your attention. I, I'm not saying, don't think about the things that you should eat. Don't think about certain things. I am saying, let your focus be on things that have eternal relevance. You were created for a reason. Pursue that reason. Find that reason. Pursue it. 
That one has eternal relevance. That one matters. As you are pursuing it, you are laying up treasure for yourself in heaven by your works. So the treasure that you lay up for yourself in heaven is the works that you do for the Father. Are we together, uh, brethren? Let's move forward fast. Now, he then went on and said in verse 22, this is exactly where we are going. You will notice, it is this scripture that explains, verse 22 explains the previous verse we've been reading. Now it says, the light of the body is the heart. I repeat, the light of the body is the high. He now says, if therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. If your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. Can you say to yourself again, the high is the light of the body. The high, he says, is the light of the body. Now, he says that if the eye is single, now, the eye is already light itself. He now says, if the eye is single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if the eye be full of darkness, it says the whole body shall be full of darkness. Now, what is the high that the Lord Jesus is talking about here? By saying the high, by referring to the high, the Lord Jesus was using an analogy that had nothing to do with the physical eyes and everything to do with your eyes of understanding. Praise the Lord. So when he said the high, he was not talking about the physical eyes, but the eye of your understanding. So if you are going to read that scripture in that light, it says, the eye of your understanding is the lamp upon which your entire spiritual being lives on. And I says, if the eye of your understanding be single, I want to get it now. It says your entire body will be full of light. That is, your entire being is going to be light. Your entire being is going to be light. Let's read this scripture from the Passion Translation. Matthew chapter 6, from verse 22. The Passion Translation, Matthew chapter 6, from verse 22. Good. Matthew chapter 6, from verse 22. It says, the eyes of your spirit, aha. The Passion Translation says, the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. It says, if your eye, if your heart, that is your spirit now, is unclouded, it says the light floods in. But if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. Now, let's look at that. So, your eye, the eyes of your spirit, or we can also call it the eyes of your understanding, 
allows the revelation light to enter into your being. This is what it means by being single. This is it. So the eye of the spirit is light. Agreed. It is the light of your body. Now, John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Fast forward. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The word is the carrier of the life, and the life is the carrier of the light. Are we together now? So in other words, the word is the light. The word of God is light. So if your eye be single, that is to say, if your eye that is the light is aligned with the word of God, that is also light, then they become single. Are we together now? The Lord Jesus is saying, if you allow the word of God that is light to enter into your light, it says the light will flood into your being. The revelation light will enter into your being. I would say now. But if your heart is clouded, that is, if the eyes of your understanding cannot see the light of God's word, it says it is full of darkness. It is full of darkness. And I says, if therefore the little light that your body has is full of darkness, it says, how dark shall the entire body be? Now, let me tell you how this works. So, as every believer, you have the eye of your spirit and they can be enlightened. Are we together now? They can be, the Bible says that the eyes of your understanding can be enlightened. So, as you, as you look at the word of God, as you behold the light of God's word, praise the Lord, you become the light. Why is the eyes of your understanding important? Because it, it, it determines the way in which you perceive life. This is the issue. This is why the eyes of your understanding is called the light of your body. It's called the light of your being. Your being is subjected to your understanding. Your spirit is subjected to your understanding. So you can have the life of God in you and the nature of God in you, but if your understanding cannot operate it, you will remain in darkness. This is why Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you become free indeed. But it's, it's, it went on and said, you will know the truth and to set you free. You see, there is a dynamic at work there. Your understanding matters. It is the programming upon which your mind and your spirit operate on. Now, you can by yourself darken the eyes of your understanding or enlighten the eyes of your understanding. Understand this. So the light of your understanding gets enlightened by God's word. This is why the Lord Jesus said, if they be single, This is why Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, do not conform to the world, but be ye transformed. There is a transformation that takes place as you renew your mind with God's word. What is that transformation? 
That transformation is that the darkness that is in your understanding is removed as you behold the light. So as you are beholding the light, the darkness is gradually removed and you become the light. Are we together now? Many times we focus, we pay a lot of attention to praying. We pay a lot of attention to fasting. We pay a lot of, a lot of attention to activities in the church without paying attention to the things that we allow into our spirits. Without paying attention to the information that we allow into our spirits. Many times we have allowed our culture to shape the way we see the, even the word of God such that we interpret the word of God with our culture. And then we begin to create a problem. Can somebody say, I have the mind of Christ? The eyes of my understanding are enlightened. As I was saying earlier, you can, you, the eyes of your understanding can get enlightened. And this is not the responsibility of God. It is not the responsibility of the Lord Jesus. It is not the responsibility of the Holy Spirit. It is your responsibility to ensure that the eyes of your understanding is enlightened. If your eye is going to become sound, if your light is going to become single, it is up to you. If the eyes of your spirit is going to allow revelation light enter into your being. It is up to you. The Passion Translation says, if your heart is unclouded, it says the, the light floods in. If your understanding is unclouded, the light of God's word just floods in. So many times, the reason, see, the reason you are not seeing what the word of God is saying is not because you have not read it enough. The reason is because you are not, your, your, the highs of your understanding are not enlightened to pick on the lessons of God's word. I want to get it now. Now we have said something crucial that if the light eyes of your understanding can be enlightened by you, it can also be darkened by you. And this is where it gets interesting. This is where we don't pay much attention to. I remember when I was still a mind coach, I've had powerful lessons, powerful lessons on the workings of the mind, powerful lessons on the programmings of the mind, powerful lessons on the subconscious programming of the mind. Your mind is programmed to capture information and align it with the, the, the database of information you already have in your mind, whether you know this or not. You are scared of certain things, not because you want to be scared, but because of the programming that your mind has towards it. You can't see opportunity in challenges. It's not because you are blind. It's not because you want it to be so, but because your mind is programmed to shut down every time you experience discomfort or you see discomfort coming.
And this does not happen. This happens whether you know about it or not. And this is why the Bible has informed us to renew our mind. Make it a conscious effort to renew your mind. Praise the Lord. Make it a conscious effort. Now, the art can get clouded. And according to the Passion Translation, it says, if your eyes are focused on money, if your eyes are focused on money, I'll take it one step further. It's not just, if your eyes are focused on money, if your eyes are focused on selfish and if your eyes are focused on things of this world, don't forget where we're coming from. On heads. If your eyes are focused on and not be treasure to Mr. B. Achieving a particular level in the A, it can be setting up a global company. Becoming the richest man in the world by any means. And for another minister, it can be becoming the world renowned, you know, uh terrorist. For another minister, the treasure can be to become the world renowned Aka. You know, very funny ambitions. Treasures are what you consider to be treasures based on your understanding. It's not just about money all the time. Many times, the reason God's word is not flooding, not becoming the light, the reason you are not beholding the light and becoming the light is because your heart is clouded by the information you have willingly and unwillingly allowed in. You cannot spend one hour reading the word, but you can spend four hours on Instagram every day. There's going to be a problem. There might not be a problem now. There's going to be a problem in the future. You can't spend one hour with God's word. But you can spend four hours taking in all kinds of information on the internet. And say, ah, ah, come on, can, can somebody not just relax and watch videos again? That do not allow the revelation of God's word to enter. And see where that will lead to. Am I saying don't do Instagram? Please do Instagram by all means. Is that contradictory? No. I use Instagram too. But you know the interesting part? I was I was sharing this testimony. Algorithm. If I'm not just Instagram, all social media algorithms that I be, that I use, all of the algorithms have managed to resent to be the gospel. They are not spiritual things, the gospel only. I don't see things from other people, from the people of another religion. I don't see things from people from other spiritual sense in any way. The only information I receive on all of my timelines, on all of my social medias, are related to the gospel. Only gospel. So if I spend an hour watching videos on Instagram, and being honest with you, go and check. 90% of the videos I watch on Instagram are teachings. Teachings of the gospel. Why? Because I have chosen 
not to watch some videos in the past. I just gloss over some videos and like some videos that are teachings and post teachings regularly. So the algorithm just rearranges itself to show me the things that are relevant to my life. I was together now. You have to be intentional about the information your mind is receiving. Your eyes need to become single for you to behold the light and become the light. If you are ever go, if you have a chance, if you are going to ever have a chance at manifesting as light, you need to be able to clear the cloudness the clouds in your eyes. You need to be able to deal with the darkness. In fact, the Lord Jesus made a great statement that if the little light that is in you becomes darkness, he says, how great is that darkness? How profound will be the darkness within you if the light of the truth cannot enter? And sincerely speaking, what will happen is this, praise the Lord. What will happen when the word of God can't enter into your spirit because of the eyes of your understanding is that your ways are going to be dark. You know, the Bible says that the, the path of the just is as a shining light. See, the path of the just, first, the just needs to know the path. And for the just to know the path, and I'm being honest with you, his eyes of understanding must be opened. The path of the just, so the just knows the path. The just is walking the path. The just can see the path. He says it's as a shining light. It shines brighter as the just is walking on the path. And the just is only able to walk on the path as his eyes can see. So the eye sees better as the word enters. I'm being honest with you. The result of having the word not being able to enter is that your ways are going to be dark. Is that you're going to have to leave your life in your hands. Is that your life is going to be in your hands instead of God's hands. The result is that you're going to be praying and you're not going to be getting results. I will get it now. The result is that Things are not going to be moving the way they should move. So the obstacle is about can light come in? Ask yourself, at this stage that I have, can the revelation light of God's word flood in at this stage? Now if you've answered that question, I need you to make a commitment to, uh, to allow the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Because it's always about you. God has spoken. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2. It says, God has spoken to us by his son. So God has spoken. The light of God's word is there. It is knocking. It is up for you to allow it to enter. It is up for you to allow it to enter. Do not forget, as we behold the light, we become the light. As we behold the light, we become the light. I need you to begin to think about your schedule now and begin to look at the steps you are going to take to incorporate God's word into your life.
You need to find time for God's word. You need to find time to study. You need to find time to meditate. Allow the light to come in. Let it see of dark things. Let it see of wrong mentality. Let it bring down strongholds. It is not everything you pray about. Praise God. It is not everything you fast about. So I can pray for you that in the name of Jesus, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. And you can say amen, but it will not end there. You have to take a commitment. So this night, we're going to ask for help. The Holy Spirit, help us. As we're taking a commitment to continually behold the light, help us in the name of Jesus. Help us, Holy Spirit. Can we begin to pray? Help us, help us in the name of Jesus.